passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. What up, Nick's fit? What are you doing? What'd you just do? What do you mean? Did you take I... a photo? <laughs> no, I had to, my phone shut off. I had to do facial recognition. So I had to hold it up. You have facial recognition on your phone? Yeah. What kind of phone is that? My phone. So does it recognize you with that weird hairdo you got going on? Now, <laughs> yes, or? it recognizes me with the hairdo. <laughs> did you have sunglasses. to do? A, did you have to do a new facial? No, thing when you no, did? I didn't have to do a new facial. But thing. it's so much taller than normal. <laughs> would you, All right, would you let it go. What up? <laughs> what up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. We are a part of the Armchair All Americans Media Network, right, Barry? Yes, we are. Not just a part, but the most important part, I like to say. Is that is that uh, disrespectful that, no, to anybody? No. no. Did that come from them? Is that what they told you? That you're the most important? That we're the most important? They told me that they can't really become a global brand unless they're in the New York market. Specifically, the New York Knicks market. And that's well, why we're on. We're like, they told us we're like KD. It's like KD coming to the Knicks. Well, Rich Kleiman would it's disagree like. with you. Rich Kleiman would say that you don't have to be in the New York market to be a global brand. All right. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that later, Barry. All right? You you started it. All right. My name is Craig. Some people call me Axe. And that dude over there in the bathroom is Barry. And let me take this moment to tell you guys a little something. You know, since we started the show, I get asked all sorts of questions about who to bet on and who to bet with. I don't always know who's going to win. But I do know where to go. The answer is my bookie. This Between is the most live... robotic read of a script ever. Dude, I'm just trying loosen... to get through it. Can you loosen it up? Okay, get loose. Between their live in-game betting, endless props, and fantasy sports wagers, there's something for everyone. With the best player perks in the sportsbook business, they've been good to us and we know they'll be good to you. They're hooking up our listeners all month long. Visit mybookie.ag and use the promo code LIFE. Never letting you read another ad again. <laughs> use the promo code LIFE, L-I-F-E. That's, a, that's one just for It's a Hard Knicks Life, guys. So use LIFE, nothing else. I th what happened to trying to keep this short? All right. Just finish it up, Barry. <laughs> use promo code LIFE when creating your account to claim your 50% bonus. That's right, an extra 50%. Laying down $100, you've got an extra $50 in play now. That's mybookie.ag, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Dot AG promo code life. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, guys, this is season two, episode, episode 45. Really? 
You just talked for that whole goddamn read, dude. This is Randy from Los Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. Hey, Craig and Barry. This is Rock from City Australia. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve this here. Manny from Stanford. Calling all the way from Palm Springs, California. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks. Knicks life. Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. What is up, Barry motherfucking D? What is up, Axe? Happy 26th anniversary of the dunk, Barry. That was this week. John Starks. I saw this tweet. You know, everyone loves to rip on Knicks fans every moment they get. Four days ago, five days ago, it was the 26th anniversary officially. Yahoo Sports, Barry. This is what they tweet out. Are you ready? Did you see this? No. They tweeted. Knicks fans are still holding on to this memory for dear life. And then one of those emojis with the crying and laughing. 26 years ago today, John Starks threw down the dunk. Fuck you, Yahoo Sports. That was a a Yahoo Sports tweet. That was a Yahoo Sports tweet. That is a national media outlet taking the opportunity to rip on Knicks fans that were holding on to this memory for dear life as if it isn't worth it holding on to yeah that's the stupidest fucking thing isn't that why we watch sports to create memories to cling on to these memories even if there was like a thousand other golden moments in nick's history and there are a bunch that you can go to what is wrong with holding on to these moments that we remember like in the prime of fanhood have you watched that dunk recently yeah i think it sometimes gets a bad rap from non-nicks fans because it doesn't look like when you watch it these days it doesn't look all that impressive you well, know what I mean? I mean, the but big, it was the situation. Big, it was the situation, right? Absolutely, the situation of the game. But like the other big thing is that like you throw Jordan's name in there, but he was never really dunking on Jordan. But you know, right. Jordan was in, you know, was in the post. Well, that was you know that was that was at a time of our lives and of Knicks history where the Knicks could never get past Michael Jordan. It was the most right. frustrating. He was like indestructible. Yeah. So when we were up three with less than a minute in that, I think, game two of the Eastern Conference Finals at home, and Starks, in that final minute, went up for that huge dunk over MJ and Grant. Crucial free throws missed by Cartwright. And the Nick lead remains at three. We're down to 50 seconds left in the fourth quarter. It wasn't because the dunk was so amazing, but it was like for that one moment. Oh, that just amplified we, we, it. We beat Michael Jordan, you know, <laughs> like some one of our Knicks beat him in some way, a, a tiny way. But it was the moment. It was the, just the moment. Right. And that, that's the thing a lot of young people probably don't understand. Like it's not, you know, Michael Jordan isn't one of these guys that like, okay, you know, you watched him play and then at the end of his career, you look back on it and say, wow, you know, you, you, you appreciate what he did. No, this was somebody that when you watched him play in present time, you knew that you were watching the greatest basketball that ever played the game. It wasn't like one of those careers where you had to wait till the end. You know, so the fact that he got that dunk off in such a pivotal moment, you know, in a one possession game in the playoffs like that. Yeah, it was, was, was monstrous. Yeah, so, so, so what do you have to say to Yahoo Sports for that? Fuck you. Yes. Fuck Yahoo Sports. I used to go to them all the time for all my sports stats. Well, fuck that. 
<laughs> go to ESPN like everybody else. Yo, what's going on with you and the houses? Anything? No, I mean, not really. You know, oh, my just, God, Barry. Well, it was Memorial Day weekend. It's like the slowest time, you know, on real estate market. A lot, there's not a lot of open houses going on more Memorial Day weekend because, you know, people are doing other shit. Do you need a new real estate so. agent? No, I, I, I need a, um, a wife that's a little bit more flexible, I think. Well, that's not going to, is that going to happen? What's going to happen first? <laughs> Finding a house or a new wife that can be more right. flexible? Right. Uh, yeah. well, I but, saw but, the, my, but, but I did have family over this weekend. My mother-in-law. Yeah. Was, was everyone um, pressuring you? Was up here for the weekend? No, but like um, I had a headache like on Memorial Day. Like we'd already eaten, you know, the day was winding down anyway, but I said, I'm just going to go sit inside with a headache. So a few minutes later, she comes back in, she sits down on the other chair in the, in the den where I was laying down. She said, um, you know, what causes headaches? And I said, uh, what? And she said, intestines, your intestines. <laughs> I thought she was going to say the Knicks. <laughs> and I was like, you know, don't, can't like, a, uh, like your eyes cause headaches. And she's like, nope, nope. It's intestines. I was like, it can't like stress cause headache. Isn't there a lot of different things that could cause headaches? She's like, no, only one thing causes headaches and it's your intestinal tract. <laughs> now, isn't this the mother-in-law who, yes. who, who sent you <laughs> websites on how to lose weight or yeah. diet or something? <laughs> yeah. So is this, so it seems like that could be related. Is she not, <laughs> is she, was she like, you know, it's all that junk you're putting in your Intestines? Does that make sense? That collects. I mean, pretty food, much. Right? That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so is that what she was going for? I don't know if that was the end game. It's always <laughs> about your stomach with the mother-in-law. Yeah. It's the I cause so. of. It's the root of all your problems, Barry. <laughs> right. <laughs> How was that, your weekend? You seem, uh, it was good. Busy. Did lots of things. Who gives a fuck, Barry, about my weekend? KD. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear this news? Speaking of houses, rumor is Katie, as we all know, is still selling his house, I guess, in California, but bought a house in New York. Yes. It seems like old I'll take news, it. Right? <laughs> I know. Okay. I know. But yeah, but I'll take it. Hey, any little, you know, another like little log you could throw on the fire, you know, to keep that flame burning. That's fine with me. It's going to get me, you know, all that closer to June 30th. Right. But there's some conflicting reports about KD. Have you seen any of these recent reports that sort of throw a wrench into us being so positive about him coming to the Knicks? Example. Well, like, like you mentioned at the start of the show, the Rich Kleinman thing. Oh, yeah. From today. Right. What did he say exactly? He was asked a question about, let me pull it up. He was asked a question at some sort of uh, like roundtable discussion. Do you have to be in New York to be a global brand? And he answered, name one athlete in New York who is a global brand right now. Which is essentially saying no. Yeah. So everyone I was about, jumped like, on I that actually thinking, opened oh, my mouth. See? I opened my mouth to answer that question and then nothing came out. What? What? You didn't? You nothing came out of your mouth? Yeah, nothing came out of my mouth because he's right. There is no global brand right now playing in New York for any New York sports team. What does that fucking prove? That doesn't prove anything, though. 
There's no global. Well, it's just basically athlete shutting up who's the a reporter. global brand. It was a good answer to shut the guy up who asked the question. That's a, a stupid, stupid question. question. Do you have to be in New York to have, be a right. global brand? Right. I That's agree ridiculous. It's a stupid question. Is LeBron a global brand? Yes. All right. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but is there anywhere in the world where you could reach your heights as a global brand more than in New York? No. KD in Golden State. Are you telling me he'd be the exact same level of a global brand as he would be in New York? Would it even be fucking close? Nope. No. There's this comparison I like to use with Derek Cheater. You know, he was on the Yankees. He was a, as, as big a global brand as you can imagine. When he retired, Budweiser did that ad where like the entire world was tipping their caps to Derek Cheater. Remember that? Yeah, that's true. Huge global brand. And I'm a Yankee fan, and Yankee fans love Derek Jeter. But I think most of us will admit, he wasn't that fucking good. <laughs> I mean, he was clutch. He was a great Yankee for a long time. But you would never... He was never in like the top 20 players in the game. Right. Right. right, right, right. He's not. He's not in that conversation. Right? But he was as big a global brand like like Michael Jordan was because he was in New York and he was winning, and he was a huge part of those teams. Could you imagine? That's a, that's a great point. Could you imagine? So that's what New York did for Derek Jeter. If he was on fucking the Seattle Mariners, he would be known as an average player and shortstop for his career, probably. Right, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, granted, a big part of it, too, is that the Yankees were in the postseason every year. So not not only do you have the stage of New York, but you have that national stage that everybody's watching. I know I know the Yankees get national attention regardless, but I mean, that's what added to his, you know, his biography, his, you know, his status, you know, was was his clutch play, as you referenced before, you know, and that it came in the uh, in the postseason. But sure, the fact that he was a Yankee. And wore those pinstripes. I mean, that just gave it so much more gravitas. And can you imagine what would happen with Durant's image if he came to New York and was in the postseason year after year with the Knicks? And uh, imagine even more if he brought a championship to New York. What kind of global brand he would become if Derek Jeter can become that. And when he's beloved by the entire world. And part of that was his character. Does KD have that character? I don't know. He's already hated. Derek Jeter was never hated, except for maybe by Boston fans. But even in the end, they respected him. Right. KD, a lot of people hate KD for how he went to the Warriors and left OKC. But just imagine if if that could happen to Derek Jeter, what would happen for a guy like KD or a guy like Kyrie coming to New York? I just think... Like, you could say that you don't need to be in New York to be a global brand. But it is not the same as playing anywhere else. You are far more valuable in New York. I don't care what anybody says. Did you see this Rick Buecher report on Kyrie from a couple days ago? Yes. That uh, when he was fi- on uh, The Herd? I don't know where he was, but the favorites to land Kyrie, he's saying, 
are now the Lakers and Brooklyn? Yes. Dude, Rick, I could have sworn Rick Buecher a couple months ago wrote an article about how, or, or said somewhere about how Kyrie was never going to go back to Brooklyn. Do you remember that? Am I nuts? I don't remember if that was him or not. You've been reading, you know, we've been reading so much crap. I think it was Buecher. I, I cannot wait for this shit to get started. Because <laughs> every day you read a new report on these guys, everyone's certain of different things constantly, dude. It's driving me crazy. Are you going to be that upset if Kyrie doesn't come to the Knicks? Uh, I mean, Kyrie, no. Right. I will be severely disappointed if KD doesn't come. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Me too. But Kyrie, I really can take him or leave him. Well, listen, I, I would swap, like, I, I would swap almost any, I would swap Kemba for Kyrie, and I, if they're coming with KD, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a little more happy if Kyrie comes, I think. But no, the big fish here is KD. Sure. But it is concerning. I mean, we've, you know, a lot of why I think KD is coming to the Knicks is just how they, like him and Kyrie, were playing with each other at All-Star Weekend. Yeah. If Kyrie doesn't come to the Knicks and he goes to Brooklyn, is KD coming? I don't know. You, we've always no, sort of paired close. them. We've always sort of paired them together, though. Well, there it is. Maybe one's going to Brooklyn, one's going to Manhattan. You know. Then it's not that KD wants to form this super team in New York. He just wants to come alone. No, it doesn't it's not sound that, as maybe believable just, to me. Maybe look. Maybe he's one of those guys that says, "Look." Give me the basketball, and I'm going to go play my game. I'm not getting in the middle of the of management. It's not my decision. I'm not getting paid to tell you who to sign. Leave me that. Leave me out of it. You know, whoever you guys think is a good fit for this team. Obviously, you thought I was, and that's fine. I'm not going to give you advice and tell you how to do your job. And he very well may think like that. No, they're not giving anyone. They're not giving any front office advice on how to do their job, but. You know the players are speaking to each other. Yeah. You think there's a chance that KD is just like, I don't really give a shit who else comes to the Knicks. That's where I want to go. Everyone else can be afraid to go there. I'm going. And if they want to follow me, they can follow me. You don't think that... Uh, we've always been under the impression this was like a two-for-one deal. That it was going to take two stars to come to New York. And that's part of what made the whole thing always believable to me. Because yeah. it's hard to imagine KD on his own coming to the Knicks to join a bunch of young guys. Right. Unless right. he knows the Knicks are going after AD. Unless he knows someone else is coming. There's no way he's going to just join Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, and Dennis Smith Jr. and RJ Barrett. Can you right. imagine that ever happening? No, no. I mean, part of the allure for KD is knowing that there's that second slot for somebody. And, you know, whether he trusts the Knicks to make that decision on their own or he's got some influence, you know, and he's been talking to some people and, you know, he's going to try to push them our direction. Either way, that's the allure, right? Because, yeah, you're not going to join this team and take them anywhere. You can't, you can't do it. I don't care who you are. But... You bring in another all-star with you. Now you're talking. You know, now you got those pieces of the pie that you needed. And you've got something for the future if you still have them and haven't traded them away in some, you know, AD type trade. 
and Knicks tickets are going to be hot again. I know. I'm, how much more money do you think they're going to go up in price? They got to go up in price, right? If it's a different know, product dude, on the but, floor. But listen, if they're expensive, you know where to get tickets, right, Barry? See wow. That Guys. was too easy. Wow. <laughs> if you ever need to buy tickets to anything, use SeatGeek. SeatGeek posts millions of tickets into one place so you can find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. Nothing quite like being there in person and SeatGeek will get will get you closer to the action for great value. I use SeatGeek all the time and so does Barry if he ever needs to buy tickets to anything. Right, Barry? Next year, when these tickets are crazy, you go to SeatGeek. Absolutely. Our listeners get $20 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app. Use promo code HARDNIXLIFE, all caps, no spaces. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life is an event, and we have the tickets. Anthony Davis met with David Griffin today. Yep. Had a quote-unquote productive meeting. And then saw another report a couple hours later from Shams Charinya Charanya. What's his fucking name, Barry? <laughs> Shams. Shams. That it was productive, but Anthony Davis is still going to hold firm on his desire to leave New Orleans. But David Griffin has been saying that he wants to play the long game here and convince Davis to stick around. Yeah, well. They could all say what they want. (laughs) And Shams could have wrote that tweet without having gathered any information of what went on between those two. A productive meeting? It's amazing that that's even a tweet. Yeah. Right? Anybody could say that. Right. If they just met, it's productive. (laughs) And you were telling me earlier before we started the show that the Houston Rockets want to get in this Anthony Davis game. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, sources said that the Rockets are going to get in these trade talks. They're fine with dismantling their team. You know, they, they're most likely going to hold on to Harden. But as far as you know, they're fine with letting go of CP3. Although you know, there's a huge contract that comes along with him. Like, does that mean potentially Capella. sending CP3 back to New Orleans? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. I would be, I mean, I don't know if that's appealing to Anthony Davis playing with James Harden, but that would make a nice pairing. Yeah. I mean, they got to do something, Houston does. Because this current formula isn't enough. Dude, I had a dream last night about Frank Nilakina. Okay. That (laughs) That he got traded to the Hawks. For who? Rod Strick- if it was a good dream or a it was bad for dream. Rod Strickland. That's Strickland. He's not in the NBA anymore. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> it was a fucking dream, Barry. And some other old point guard. And amazingly, I was okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's been lots of rumors lately that the Knicks have been talking to Cleveland, actually, about a Nilakina deal. May I read sending the third pick... Uh, and Nilakina for something like the fifth pick, the 26th pick, and maybe like a Larry Nance Jr. or something like that. Oh, really? See, the one I saw was just a straight up Nilakina for the 26th pick. 
Which, I read that too. If I'm, which, which, if it was that, I mean, yeah, I'll sign up. You for would that. do. That. You, you'll sign up for that. Yeah, when we spoke a few weeks ago, like, like I thought that he wouldn't garner you anything more than you know, like in the some a pick in the low thirties. So based on like my thought then, and and you know, doing the math now, yeah, I would take my chances on a twenty sixth pick in this draft. Would you, would you trade the third? For the fifth and the twenty-six, the third and Nilakina for the fifth and the twenty-six. No, I'm not trading the third pick. Do you think there's anything to all these rumors? You know, everyone likes to 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 write about who the Knicks are bringing in for workouts, who they're meeting with, hinting that some in the organization are thinking they like Jarrett Culver over R.J. Barrett, and then they're also bringing in Cam Reddish. Do you think they're just doing their due diligence? in case they find a deal to move down or in case they want to move down or in case they get another top 10 pick or whatever? Or do you think there's really a chance? You think there's really a chance that they're going to pass on a player who some people believe could even be as good as Zion? A guy who lit it up for Duke, who had the same numbers as Zion last season, as we said in the last show. Before the season, he was a before like everyone fell in love with Zion, a lot of people thought RJ was going to be the number one pick. He had a healthy season, no issues. Is there a chance that we're going to take Jarrett Culver, who couldn't do anything in the entire Final Four, <laughs> who sort of collapsed when it counted most because he's long and has been hitting his threes in the combines? Is that fucking possible? Look... We keep to, to hearing. Talk me off the ledge, Barry. Is it possible? Because I feel keep, like that's going to be another Kevin Knox situation. And I'm not down on, I'm not totally out on Kevin Knox, but he's not blowing me away. Right. I want a pick that blows me away. Right. That we don't have to be like year after year, see, like give him another year. Like, like we've done with Frank. I don't want another one of these picks that we're just picking them because they're fucking long. All right. We want, and they we want potential. a sure thing. Like we want the surest thing. R.J. Barrett is right. He's ready to contribute. I don't want a dude who we're going to be like in three years. Maybe he's like Clay Thompson. The same way for years now we've been like, in a few years, man, Frank is going to be like, uh, what have we said? What have people said? The ridiculous comparisons. Giannis. Even I said it a few years ago. Get, Frank's <laughs> going to get huge. His body's going to develop. He's still fucking growing. He's going to... Like, look at these pictures of Giannis when he was a rookie. Look, look just like fucking Frank. That's, <laughs> that's what we cool. all, that's the world we live in as Knicks fans. I don't want to keep doing that. RJ Barrett's fucking right there. Keep that damn pick, Scott Perry. Right? Talk. Talk. Yeah. I know you keep yeah. trying to get in there. No, that's okay. I, you're, you're absolutely right. We keep hearing that the Knicks organization is high on Jared Culver. And yes, I just did air quotes. On a podcast. <laughs> I was going to mention that. Me. Right. Uh, but just because some scouts in the Knicks went to see Jarrett Culver play live during the season, it doesn't mean that they hold him in a higher regard than R.J. Barrett. At that point in time, we didn't know if we were going to get the top three pick or if we were going to drop to four or five. Of course, they're going to look at guys like Culver. And yes, they are holding a workout for him on June 5th. Because they have the wherewithal to have every possible scenario in front of them, including one that might be trading back in the draft for more acquisitions. Now, I don't see that as a move that they should make because I see RJ as somebody that could thrive in this league 
and contribute to our team. But I'm not going to fault the Knicks for doing their job, gathering the most intel that they possibly can during a time of year that's set up exactly to do just that. You know, it was like two years ago when they watched all this film on Dennis Smith Jr., but they didn't end up taking him in the draft, and yet here he is on our roster today. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what domino is going to affect another. So let them look at Culver and Reddish, you know, and whoever else they want. It's just them doing their job. Let's hope that's true. I mean, we'll know as we get much closer to the draft. Like, even days before the last draft, you pretty much knew the Knicks were taking Kevin Knox. And at what, what were they, ninth? What, what were they yeah, picked? Nine, Eighth? Uh, ninth, ninth pick. So a lot of people thought that was a reach at the time, but they said, we're talking about the third pick. This is a different fucking ball game. You don't reach for a guy who's going to get taken sixth or seventh when you got a top three pick. You take the sure thing. Should we listen to some voicemails? Yes. I want to listen to some voice. It's been a while. I fucking asked everyone to send voicemails, Barry. And there's just, you know, I don't know if it's because no, it's the off season or what's going on, but we only got two. And we had a nice stretch. I haven't heard from the macho man in a while and I kind of miss him. (laughs) And that's, that, that is, goes more to say about how we're not getting any voicemails. Right. I, I, I feel you. What's up, Craig? What's up, Barry? This is Justin from the Bronx. I got some things I want to get off my chest. Um, the the draft lottery was really good. It, it was it was great. Um, number three was like a real hopeful situation for us to end up at. But one thing's been nagging at me, man. It's, it's been nagging at me. Like like all these analytics nerds are like seriously trying to talk people into taking Jared Culver over RJ, and I just think that the idea. It's asinine. See, when he when he dip it into like her 36 minutes per game and who breathed this way or what possession or whatever the fuck, it's like you start to overthink things. Then you start to get lost in it. Then you start saying stupid shit like, oh, my God, Brandon Clark, maybe he's not all that bad. Or, or, or fucking DeAndre Hunter. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe he could be a better player than, than R.J. Barrett. And like, like shit, it bugs the fuck out of me. It bugs me. It's like... Everybody knows that Scott Perry's not an idiot. He's a good GM. Like, he's a solid GM. And he has a really good draft history. His one blemish is Mario fucking his own. But outside of that, the man's been a fucking rock star in the draft. Like, and it, I just don't understand why people are overcomplicating this. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is why... Uh, are, are you scared that the Knicks are going to bungle this up and go with Culver at three? Or are you confident enough that R.J. Barrett is like a surefire pick at number three? Because I personally think he's the real deal. I honestly, I, I like, I mean, James Harden is ridiculous, but I, I personally think that the guy can be, you know, definitely a 20 points per game scorer for the next 10, 12 years of this league. Like, definitely think he could be a guy who, who can be relied upon to kill you in isolation, kill you off ball, like, for years and years to come. All right. And, of course, it's a hard next life, but not for much longer, I suspect. And Justin from the Bronx throwing a Mario Hazonia shot in there. That is true. Scott Perry did draft Hazonia when he was with the Magic. 
Let's see who Scott Perry missed out on that year. So uh, the so Scott Perry with the Magic drafted Hazonia at five that same year, just after Chris Stapps got picked. After Hazonia was Willie Cauley-Stein, then Emmanuel Moody at seven, Stanley Johnson, Frank Kaminsky, Justice Winslow, Miles Turner. Trey Lyles, Devin Booker. So big misses from that draft, I guess, were uh, yeah. I mean, Stanley Johnson and uh, Miles Turner and Devin Booker. But, you know, a lot of people miss in these drafts. Exactly. You're not going to put that on Perry. What about all the other GMs that came in the picks between them? Honestly, there were a lot of Knicks fans that when we chose Chris Stapps, they wanted Hazonia. So put that in your pipe. Hey, Craig and Barry, uh, you know, longtime listener, first time caller, big fan of the show. I was just wondering if you guys could maybe do a hard Knicks life preview of the NBA finals, you know, maybe throw in a little bit of Knicks perspective, but also just give us your two cents as analysts on the matchups that we're going to start seeing tomorrow night. All right, guys, love the show and uh, take it easy. See you later. Bye. As analysts? He's fucking out of his mind. <laughs> out of his mind. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this finals. I wanted, from the beginning, I wanted Toronto to win the whole thing. I thought, and I still do think, Golden State is going to win it all, but Toronto is the team I wanted. I you know, I feel bad for them in what they went through. And, and I'm, I I like the fact that they took a shot with Kawhi. I think if they do win the finals and Kawhi leaves, I think the fans are still going to love him. I mean, they may, they may even still love him just getting them this far, the first time to an NBA finals in their franchise history. Um, but as far as my thoughts on the series coming up, I still think Golden State's too strong. Um, I think it's good for Toronto that they have home court advantage. Um, that obviously could play a big role. Um, I could see him grabbing one, but uh, I see Golden State taking it in five, regardless of you know whenever KD comes back. And if he you does think they're going to take it in five? I think Golden State can take this in five. Yeah, I do expect big things out of Kyle Lowry this series because do he not, seems to step count- up. As you know, do not count out Kawhi. Oh, no, I'm not counting out Kawhi. I mean, forget about it. Kawhi is a given. Five seems, five seems harsh, Barry. Look, I don't want it. <laughs> I just think they're still would too you, good. Would you the say way Ka- they've been playing is unbelievable. Kawhi is going to be the best player on the court, right? I think he will be the best player on the court. He may not have the best offensive performances every night, you know, because you still got, you know, number 30 on Golden State over there, um, who's going to be lighting it up, and he's been hot. But, yeah, the overall player on both ends, yeah, Kawhi's going to be the best player on the court. I don't think he's going to have any slumps of a game because, you know, he's just that class act of a guy and a superstar when it matters most. I think him and Kyle will do good, and they're going to keep the games close. But in the end, I just, Golden State, I just don't see it as a mountain you can overcome. Did you see that uh, article in The Athletic about what the Toronto Raptors GM, Masai, what is it, Masai? Masai Ujiri. Ujiri or something like that. What, when uh, they, when they traded for Kawhi, and you know, Kawhi was pretty much demanding he go to LA or a few teams, and Toronto came out of nowhere and snagged him. And when Kawhi first went to Toronto, he asked the GM, why did you trade for me? And did you hear his response? No. Because you're the best player in the NBA. Wow. Which is the most confident, like yep. ballsy response. And supposedly he didn't even hesitate. 
And, yeah. you know, a lot of people forgot, I think forgot that about Kawhi because he had that really, really weird t- ending with San Antonio, yeah. right? Like, was he injured? Was he not injured? Did he give up on the team? Did he just want to get out? You didn't see right. him play for so long. Right. But he really is. I mean, we, we, we've said it before. He's at least a top three player. But I mean, yeah, you could argue he's the best player in the NBA. And what he's done with that team in one season. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the GM knew what he was doing. You take your chance. Yeah. If you can get the best player in the NBA and in I could prime. See him, I could see him staying. It wouldn't shock me if he stayed in Toronto. If oh, you asked shock, me before the season me. started. Well, if you, if you asked me before the season started, I, I, I wouldn't think he would stay. But just seeing him on that team and just how he carries himself and like it just means business and it you know they asked him today i I mean obviously he's not going to say anything disparaging um you know but he did compliment the city and the fans and playing 41 games there each year and and all that it wouldn't shock me if he stayed there Let, let me tell you if he leaves after what he's done that says more to me about him as a player and a person i think than it would if he stayed in toronto what do you mean by that because he got a really bad rap towards the end of the season with the Spurs because he it was it was clear to a lot of people and the rumors were that his team and him just didn't want him to play again ever for San Antonio. So they basically forced his way out, right? Which is, always gives you a bad rap. Right. And then he got traded to Toronto. And you would expect a player in that situation to well, he dealt somewhere he didn't want to be to, to just play the year out. You know, just wait for his time to pick his team that he wants to be on. But he looks like he's a man on a mission. Even knowing that he likely won't be there. But all he cares about is winning that chip this year. Or doing the best he can. And that that just speaks volumes to me about him as a person. And a player. And totally erases any of the bad vibes he gave me with San Antonio. If he's willing to put in that effort. And and carry that team all season long through the playoffs to get to the finals, and he's playing the way he's playing, knowing he's probably on the way out. Like who does that? When people like are about to leave jobs, they start mailing it in. Yeah, they start mailing it in. They don't look people in the eye that they're working with. You know, when he does perform the way he does, it's not even like he's selfish with the ball. He's he's constantly looking for the open guy. He's such a team player. He never takes any of like the uh, the credit. He embodies, you know, the 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 idea of sportsmanship and all you know all that bullshit. And I don't even think people talk about it enough. The greatest player in the NBA is going to be a free agent this summer. Maybe the two best players in the NBA. Him and KD. Yes. Yeah, you could certainly make that argument. Absolutely. And they're going to be on new teams. It's, it's fucking crazy. Everybody's, yeah, but it's not like people aren't talking about that. They've been talking about it for a year and a half. Yeah, but people definitely talk less about Kawhi. Well, they asked him that at the media day at the finals. I guess it was earlier today or yesterday. Uh, one of the reporters. You know, and you know exactly how Kawhi is going to answer it. But they said, does it bother you? That for whatever reason, because you just go about your business, you don't get the luster. You don't get the limelight. You're not as famous as Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. And he said, I don't care about being famous. He said, I just, I I love this game. I just want to play basketball because I love it. 
right, so he's not gonna, he's, between he's, the lines. He's not going to hold a news conference at a boys and girls club when he makes his decision. Right, exactly. That's the last fucking thing he would do. Like that fuck LeBron. He's like the anti-LeBron. Right. He's the anti-LeBron. Yes. I would, I would kill to have him on our team, but he's not coming. I mean, he answers questions like so honestly, like when they ask him about a play or this or that. Like he either tells that, yeah, I don't know. I never thought about that. Or he tells you just like, you know, X's and O's, like just like the point. Yeah, I tried to steal the ball so that maybe we could score the ball at our end. Like just very basic stuff. But yeah, just just straight business. Well, we're just going to have to settle for KD this offseason, Barry. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. Next week, we got a very special guest coming on. Who's coming on, Barry? What's her name? Her name is Angela Lucy. Do I, have I, that used, right? you, <laughs> I think so. Listen, we don't know what's going to happen in the draft. We don't know what's going to happen in the offseason. But Angela Lucy is a, a, a very well-known, highly regarded tarot card reader. And I think we're going to get her yep, on Skype. We're going to get New her York on the City. show. Based in New York. Yeah. She was trying to charge us to be on the show. But Barry sweet-talked her into doing the show for free. And she's going to tell us our fortunes for this summer. I think right. we're going to try. I don't know if they can do that over the phone or over Skype. Well, we'll find out. She's got fees like on her website where she there are phone, you know, you you can phone it into her. But they can they give you your fortunes as like a fan as a team like <laughs> or is it can do they Yeah, I think you? yeah, I think or the can they give you, you your fortunes as a person? I think you come up with some questions and she flips over the cards and that kind of steers her answer. You know, if you get a death card or you get a happy card. I am curious if it's like one of those things where like she thinks that you have to believe in it for it to be true because I don't believe in any of that nonsense. But. Dude, I went to a tarot card reader once in my life. It was in the middle of a date a long time ago in New York City just walking past a tarot card. One of those little like, it's like an apartment where a bunch of people are living and they do tarot card readings. You know what right. I'm talking about? And uh, we were like, oh, should we go in there? We go in. They, I don't know. You know what? Maybe it was like a palm. I think it was a palm reading. They looked right. at my palm. And she looks like very concerned for me. And she says, oh, you've had a very dark past. And I just fucking left. I, I couldn't <laughs> do it. It totally freaks me out because I was like, what are you talking I went in one, expecting to hear like exciting things about the future and all I hear about how dark I am. And you just, you just stopped it right there? That's all I remember. I, I think we just left after that because it was weird. Right. But, uh, dude... Dudes, reach out to us. It's hardnickslife at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at hardnickslife. Follow Barry at Barry Dworkin. Is that right? Yeah. Um, call us, Barry. Give us the number. And call, when you call us, call us with questions for the tarot card reader, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, why not? Right? Uh, 516-33-MESH-1. That's 516-336-3741. How far away are we from the draft? I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? It's what? June twentieth. Are you gonna play stupid? No, I'm not doing the countdown. I don't. I don't have it right. in front of me. I'm not gonna get it. We talked about it. It's stupid. We're not gonna do it. And when do you need a house buy? What? <laughs> oh, when do I need a house buy? This is the schedule. We got the draft, <laughs> and we got the day Barry needs a house buy. Right. And then and we, we got have, free, uh, agency. free agency. Which is pretty is it... much the same day I need a house buy. Right. So you, what are you like three weeks away? 
Four weeks away, Barry? Yeah, four weeks away. From so being in the homeless. next in the, in the next month. What is your plan, by the way? Yeah, what I'll be doing a podcast from a cardboard box on the street. <laughs> in the next four weeks, we're gonna know who we're drafting at the number three. We're gonna know if KD and Kyrie are coming to the Knicks, and we're gonna find out if Barry and his wife ever agreed on a fucking house. It's a big month. Yeah. It is a hard Knicks life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.